this morning if you can. Hallelujah. How many of you want the fire this morning? The fire of the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's good to be here Sunday morning. And I'm so grateful to the Lord to uh, be here in Lakeside Church once again. And uh, this awesome experience. I'm just happy to be in church. Uh, Brother Jason knows what I'm talking about. but I've, I've stared at a phone and done live virtual things and uh, I just ask, pray for our church. We're remodeling and believe in the Lord. And we're in a situation that we could not have church, not because we chose not to due to government guidelines, but uh, we didn't have our own building, so uh, we were forced to move to virtual services. But the Lord has been moving in that time, and he's added to our ministry via, you know, people who didn't even know we were there. So the Lord has a way of doing things even when we don't know all of what he's doing. So uh, I'm grateful to the Lord, and very soon we'll be moving into our building, and I'm, I'm claiming that for the glory of God. And I'm just grateful for what I know the Lord is going to do in that time, and looking forward to seeing some of you guys come up there, Brother Terrence, Brother Jason, Sister Summer, coming to preach and looking forward to the fellowship and growing together uh, in what God is having us to do. So uh, I have a word from the Lord this morning. I believe the Lord laid this on my heart this morning, actually. Uh, and uh, I'm going to share uh, from the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 2. And I'll read a little longer, a little more of this text simply because of the content here, but I just ask that you bear with me just a few moments. Mark chapter 4, and I'm just going to jump in in verse 3. Mark chapter 4 and verse, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 2 and verse 3. Y'all forgive me for that. The human element is still there. <laughs> Y'all would have been in the wrong book, the wrong chapter. It says, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. In other words, four men were carrying this young man who was paralyzed. And when they could not come nigh unto him, this is Jesus. If you read verse 1 and 2, he was now in Capernaum, and he was preaching. Bible says that there were people who were there because of the fame of the Lord Jesus at that time. It was noised abroad that he was there and people packed the house out. They could not get into the house because the house was full and then the front of the house was full and no one could get to uh, the porch or whatever the case may be. And so the Bible says this in verse 4, and when they could not come nigh unto him, for the press, the press is the crowd. The press is the thing that kept them from getting to Jesus. And here is the text in verse 4, actually. And they uncovered the roof where he was. 
when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. You talk about refusing to be denied. That's what I'm believing God for right here. I refuse to be denied. I refuse to be denied, not because of what I am or because of what I've done, but because of what he promised us in his word. I'm just not going to leave empty-handed. I'm not going to leave without being blessed. I'm not going to leave without healing. I'm not going to stop. I, I hear this, what Brother Jason was sharing, the young man who gave his heart to the Lord. Uh, that was a wife, a, a child who refused to give up. It may take longer than I want it to take, but I'm going to keep believing God. And as we see, God will always honor his word. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And then verse 5 says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now this was confusing to those who were around. There were certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? They didn't realize he was God. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them. And so much that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. In other words, they said, we've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. I'm believing God to move in such a fashion that we say, I've never seen anything like this before. I'm believing God to touch this church in such a fashion that the neighbors and the community would say, I've never seen anything like this before. I'm believing God to touch your family in a way that people start saying, I've never seen anything like this before. God has a way of blowing our minds. He has a way of just defying logic, things that naturally cannot happen. God has a way of making those things happen. He's God. And, and as I read this text this morning, and I, the, I'm, the Lord laid this on my heart as I was about to leave. I was driving here and talking to Mario, my brother, and he said, uh, he, I said, you ready for the service? He said, yeah, man. He said, what you preaching? I said, I don't know. And I wasn't being funny. Sometimes it happens. I'm praying and seeking the Lord. And, and typically when I'm in a meeting, I, I, don't, I don't go to a meeting with three or four service, I mean three or four sermons prepared. That's just not the way the Lord deals with me. I mean, others may, but, and, and that's fine. But usually there's a labor while I'm there. I'm praying and seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want for the service in the morning? What do you want for the service? And, and last night and this morning, I, I start getting uncomfortable. I'm saying, wait a minute, it's 9 o'clock. 
And then the Lord began to deal with me about this. And one thing that stands out in this text this morning, and I've read it, preached from it any number of times, is Jesus addresses the root problem first. You, you can't go anywhere without the sin problem being addressed. So before we, we run and shout and dance about the, the physical blessings and those things, uh, let's allow the Lord to address the root problem. And that's what the Lord did with this young man. He said, your sins are for, in other words, the thing that's causing this, I'm going to address it first. And if you realize it, the Bible doesn't say that this young man walked after Jesus said, your sins be forgiven. He only walked after Jesus addressed that and then said, take up your bed and walk. And I love that because... Out of all the things that were standing before this young man, and, and he, obviously he was helpless, he was hopeless, he was dead physically. And I believe it spoke of a spiritual condition as well, of being dead spiritually. And now these four young men are carrying him and, and holding him, and, and they get to the house, and there is a press in front of the house, and they're getting to this place, and now all of a sudden anyone... Uh, who has not faith would get discouraged when they see the press. And they say, well, we may as well go home. I just, there's no reason for me to stay here. But they said, we're going to do something crazy. We're not going to be denied by the press. But we're going to press beyond the press. And that's what the Lord gave me for this service this morning to encourage all of those who were here or who will hear this message, a simple message entitled, Press Beyond the Press. Press Beyond the Press. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, and we praise you for this opportunity and privilege to stand before your people to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you once again that you will help us. Anoint us to preach. Anoint us to teach that we will do no violence to your word, to your spirit, to your people. But Lord, help us to speak and preach that which is sound doctrine and anoint the people to hear what you've given us. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. When Jesus traveled, you talk about crowds. One preacher said Jesus is the preacher in history who lost his megachurch. Because if you think about the early life of Christ, everywhere he went, there were thousands of people following him. The Bible talks about him feeding 5,000 souls, but if you think about it, there were men that he fed. It didn't include the women and the children. So the crowd sizes when Jesus traveled could have been at least 10, 15,000 people. Can you imagine there were no PA systems? I like to put myself in the text like that sometimes, just like, man, how in the world? I mean, can you imagine all of those people? And then the Bible at times said they thronged him. They pressed against him. I think about the woman who had the issue of blood. The Bible says Jesus was walking through the crowd, and, and she was trying to get through the press. 
you see more than one instance in the Bible where someone refused to be denied because of the press. And she got to him, and all of these people were touching him, and she touches the hem of his garment, and he felt that touch. His disciples were like, Jesus, all of these people touching you, and you asking us who touched you. He said, yeah, but that was a touch of faith. So while there were a lot of folk following him and a lot of people who were physically touching him, there was a distinct difference in spiritually following him and touching him with faith. It was 10,000 people in one time, but only a few people really received from the Lord because they were not just there to spectate or to, to see what was really going on, but they were there because they wanted Jesus. And these young men in our text this morning, they got to the house because they wanted Jesus. Jesus was teaching what his custom was, and he was preaching, proclaiming the word. And that should be the custom of the church today. The custom of the church should be to proclaim and preach Jesus Christ. We shouldn't be consumed with anything else. We shouldn't be carried away in anything else. But we should preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And while he was preaching, the Bible says... Uh, that these young men, they were carrying this young man. And as they were carrying him, they get to the crowd, and they could not get through because of the number of people. Now, it's, it's interesting because they were trying to get through a crowd of people, but it was unique because they were carrying somebody. It's not like one person was trying to get through, but you got four men carrying a young man who could not walk. He couldn't do anything for himself, and they get to this house, and they can't make it through. And now all of a sudden, they do the unthinkable. They climb up on the roof. Every time I read that text, I get confused. And I'll tell you why. Because, to be honest, most people would not think that was worth it. You know what people say, man, it don't take all that. But the old saints used to say, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. So if you see me screaming, just mind your business. Because God has been good to me. Don't say he's just doing too much. If you see me bucking and shouting and running and skipping, don't get out of shape. Just join in and do it because God has just been good to me. They get to the house, and I won't be before you long this morning, but they get to the house, and the Bible says they can't get through the press. So they say, man, listen, we're going to take him up on top of the house. Now, I just can't imagine the strength, the physical strength, and God, I hope it wasn't July. <laughs> July in Mississippi is hot, humid, and you guys are Southerners pretty much, so y'all know what I'm talking about. You can't go outside at 7 o'clock at night. It's, it's hot. And they were feeling in their hearts, this is worth it. Let me tell you something. You do not go through all of this if you don't believe you're about to receive the thing that you're looking for. Faith has some extreme measures to it. 
See, here's the text this morning. I believe that this is faith put in action. See, a lot of folks say, I've got faith, I'm believing God, but these men showed the fact that they had faith. And they said, we're going to carry him up on top of the house. Jesus is up here preaching. I, I hope that happens. I don't in a way, but sometimes I do. Our brother Jason is up here preaching and somebody's digging through the roof. <laughs> now that means you're determined because you're going to have to pay for that now. At that time they had trap doors in the roofs of the houses. But the Bible says they begin to dig up the roof. And there was no other text in the Bible that said this happened other than this one. Other story, I should say. And I, it blows my mind because I wish I was there because Jesus was up here preaching and teaching the word of God. I don't know what he was saying, but he may have been saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I am the bread of life. I mean, I'm sure he was just proclaiming. Then all of a sudden, he hears the roof being dug up. What's going on here? And the Bible says they let the man down. So, in other words, they, whatever they were carrying him on, they were looking over in the, roof, or in the house seeing Jesus. The indication is it wasn't their house. They were not concerned about the disturbance that it would cause. All they knew is they had a need that needed to be met. And they let the man down, and I'm sure everybody in the house is looking. And folk who don't have faith tend to gossip. Come on, somebody. Folk who don't believe God, you know how we nudge each other in church. What is he doing? What is she talking about? You know God's not going to do something like that. See, I'm here, I just, I don't know what's, what's happening, I don't know anything, but I just believe in my heart that God wants to cause us to believe him for the impossible. I'm looking forward to the day where Brother Jason stands here and says we need $10 million and the people won't say there's no way, but people will start saying I know God is about to do it, I know God is about to open the door. Not because he's trying to line his pockets, but ministry has to be done. I'm looking for the day where we won't gripe and complain. I'm looking for the day that we'll be like Joshua and Caleb and not like the others. Well, they're giants in the land, but Joshua and Caleb said, we are more than able. We are well able to overcome it because God is on our side. I'm believing God for that. Crazy faith. I had a guy back home, he called it stupid faith. I said, I don't know if that's proper or not, but Lord, give me some of it too. That faith that defies logic. That faith, I was uh, listening to, so I don't know if any of you know Bishop Darrell Hines, Church of God in Christ, Bishop, he lives up in Wisconsin. I was listening to his testimony. He got struck by lightning when he was young. And the doctors gave him up for dead. He would literally, he told, they told his mother, they said, if he survives, he'll be a vegetable the rest of his life. If he survives. And what amazes me about the story is the fact that 
He was laying there unconscious in the hospital. And imagine as a mother seeing your child like this and said every so often because of the shock of the lightning, he would just have some sort of spasm and jump up and all of his bodily function, I mean, everything was just out of whack. And his mother said on the way to the hospital, she was praying and the Lord spoke to her. Now, let me tell you, you got to know it's God. And when he speaks, you stand on it. I don't care what natural means say. When God speaks, it's going to happen. She, I, don't, I can't quote it verbatim, but in essence, she told, he told her, he said, it's in my hands. I'm going to bring him through. Now, the doctor said he won't survive. These are professionals. They said what he has, when he got struck by lightning, it threw him over, I think, 15 to 20 feet in the air. And the, the, the denomination that I come from, they don't believe. And in, in, when I was young, now they've come a long way. Women couldn't preach. They didn't believe anybody was saved but the grand old church of God in Christ. That's the way we used to believe. The Baptist church wasn't saved. That's the way they believed. And so, while he was laying there on the ground dying, true story, a Baptist woman comes out and lays hands on him and prays in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, God is God, isn't he? So that's why I don't believe in trying to limit who God can use. People get so dogmatic. I can't no woman preach the gospel. It was a woman who walked into Samaria and God caused a revival to break out. Amen, sisters. I feel like we limit God when we say what he can't do. And so uh, he was laying there in the hospital. His mother went to the hospital and when the doctors told her their report, she said, I understand what you're saying, but that's not what God told me is going to happen. And you got to know old school Church of God in Christ mothers. They believed in dancing and shouting if they were in Walmart. I'm just telling you what I saw. She went into a private room and she literally started shouting and praising God and rejoicing. I'll have you know that was, I don't know, 25 years or so ago. Daryl Hines is in Wisconsin now preaching the gospel, singing the glory of God, seeing people saved. Because when God said, I'm going to raise him up, God's going to do Because he's a miracle working God. They said, break up the roof. Somebody ought to shout, break up the roof. See, you stopped at the press, and some of you went home because of the obstacle. See, the press is the doctor's report. The press is the financial agency that says, we can't approve you for the loan. That's the press. But will you go beyond what they say? Will you go beyond the natural means? Will you go beyond the press and say, I'm going to believe God anyway. I know the doctor said I'm sick, but I'm going to believe God anyway. And I'm going to shout and rejoice while I'm believing him. Y'all, I tell you what, I'm tired too, I'm sleepy too, but I feel like shouting right now. 
And this may not be for you. Maybe God spoke this to me for me this morning. So if I just need to turn around to the wall and preach to the wall, or if I just got two folk that's going to help me this morning, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's been broken up and broken down in your family. I don't know who's not saved. I don't know what's going on, what financial problem. All I know this morning is God said he will turn it around if you believe him. If you'll stand on the word, if you'll keep trusting, if you'll keep believing, God will turn it around and change it. Here's the problem. The problem is we limit God to our natural means. I just can't see how I'm going to pay this. And that's true. But what I'm asking you to do this morning is don't limit God to your means. I've made that mistake too many times. We set a goal during the pandemic. Not meeting, we can't even go in church. We're doing this via text message. This is true. Lord, we need $31,000 to finish the building. In the first few weeks of that, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm going to be honest with you. That thing went from zero to $13,500. And people that I don't even know, I don't even know how to pronounce their name. I've never met them. Send a check in the mail. I, listen, I'm full-time ministry. I'm just showing you what God did. As soon as we stop meeting, I mean, the income is gone. I'm telling you from the first week, people that I didn't talk to, people that I didn't know, every week since the pandemic, and if I'm lying, God hears me. Somebody has sent a check, sent cash out since some form of money nothing has been shut off no notices no food I mean we eating good and I can't sit here and say it's because I'm smart I'm not smart I graduated at the bottom of my class I'm not even qualified to stand here but God is faithful somebody called me a few weeks ago and said listen we were just in prayer at the church and the Lord told us to just bless an evangelist they sent a check in the mail I said well praise the Lord I'm telling you I'm breaking up the roof I'm not going to stop because of the press I'm not going to let the noise stop me I'm breaking up the roof and I'm coming after Jesus because he's the one that can fix me he's the one that can meet the need I can imagine how that may have looked. You letting a man down in the roof. Jesus is looking at all of this. And now the Bible don't say this. But I wonder what Jesus was saying. To me, in our vernacular, we, you know, when we get shocked, man, we say, if you don't look at this, 
I really believe Jesus was, you know, the Bible says he, he marveled at great faith. I believe he had to stop preaching. And with a proud look, because he looked at this faith in favor. He didn't condemn what they were doing. I can imagine him just standing there smiling. Look at this. Look at this. I don't know who you are, what you've done, but you're fixing to get just what you came for. Do you believe it? See, I can't give you that, but he can. Jesus looks at the young man and says, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. He said, your sins are forgiven. And that's when self-righteousness kicks in. Now, who does he think he is? You can't just forgive sin. They didn't know who he was. They thought he was just a carpenter. They thought he was just a good man. They thought he was just a teacher of the word. But he was God manifest in the flesh. And he said, I have the power, the authority to forgive sins on earth. He said, so I'm going to address this issue first. And when he addresses the issue, they're complaining, they're griping. And all of a sudden, Jesus, I, I love the way he oftentimes, sometimes he ignored them, sometimes he responded. And he wanted to do this in front of them so that they could see the, the authority and the power. I believe what God's going to do with you, for you, in you, in your family, in this church, he's going to do it and everybody's going to see it. Because what God's going to do, we physically can't do it. I think about William J. Seymour. They told him because of, because of the strict racist laws that time, he had to sit out in the hallway just to hear the gospel. How many of us would have done that? He said, whatever I've got to do to receive the experience that the Bible talks about, I'm going to do it. He pressed beyond. And Jesus said, young man, son, take up your bed. Arise. Get your stuff. And walk. I, look, give me a little guy. I don't need no big guy today. Come here, young man. You, you little handsome fella. Yeah, come here. Man, you a little stocky. I don't know. Huh? <laughs> Bigger than I thought. What's your name? Samuel. Samuel. Good booming voice. Come here, Terrence. Brother, if you don't mind. And give me one more brother. Brother, if you don't mind, could you come here, please? Yes. If y'all rip my jacket. I won't care. Just do me a quick favor. I want you to get on that jacket right there. No, don't stand on it, man. <laughs> Lay down. Now I want y'all to get those other corners and we're gonna carry him by this jacket. <laughs> now can you imagine being this helpless can you imagine being this hopeless but he had faith 
Now, let him down. Now, this is how it went. Now, he couldn't do anything before. Now, all I want you to do is obey what I tell you. Rise up. Take up your bed. And walk. Now, I want you to just walk around this church. Now, I want you to think about something for a moment. Thank you. Just keep walking. Don't stop walking. Don't get tired on me. See, Jesus has a way of defying logic. The way he came in is not the way he left. The way he came, see, the way you, I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. I came bound by depression, but I'm going to leave healed by the power of God. I came bound by anger, but I'm going to leave healed by, keep walking. And see, this is what folks see. The thing that carried you, you're going to carry it. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now everybody look at him. Now don't that make you want to rejoice? The Bible says when the folks saw him. Oh, I feel that. They said, the Bible says when the people saw him, they started glorifying God. They started saying, huh? Musicians, you can come. Hallelujah. I'm going to stand on the word. What God's about to do for my life. I want to hear somebody say, man, I've never seen anything like this before. Hallelujah. Last time I saw you, you were bound by cocaine. I've never seen anything like this before. The last time I saw you, you were bound by, thank you, young man. Show him some love. That's what God can do if you'll believe him. Stand to your feet all over the house of God. We're going to rejoice this morning. I just hope your faith is stirred to trust God against what the world says. Let me tell you something. The enemy would love to destroy the church. He'll use men He'll use liars. He'll use government. He'll use whatever he can. But we've got something. And it's not an evangelist. We've got something. We've got a promise that came from a man who was dead. I said he was dead. But he's alive and he lives forevermore. And he said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Saints, we're not going anywhere. 
We're not going to be stopped. Don't buy into fear. Don't buy into the hype. Don't buy into media. Buy into what God said. While everybody else is sad and, and hung over and don't know what to do, we're in here shouting and rejoicing. Saying, I know my Lord. That's because we're holding on to his promise. Praise the name, whatever you guys have this morning. And you, let's come on around this altar and let's just begin to believe God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, if you're facing something impossible, I want you to come. If the doctor said, there's no way, there's nothing else we can do, come. Your finances say it's over. Come on around this altar this morning and let's believe God. Hallelujah.
telling you it's the Lord it's the two messages you preached last night and this morning I preached within the last month and I'm telling you the Lord is up to something and that's what the Lord laid on my heart and honed right in I ain't never seen it done like this before he is able church he's able I don't know about you but I, I feel the Lord and, and I thank I thank him for what he's doing not only in my life, my family's life, but in you guys' life. And as, as we were just singing that, I was thinking about David, and he encouraged himself in the Lord because everything in the world was... He wasn't going to be denied. He came home. The city was ruined. Everything was messed up and tore up, but guess what? He encouraged himself in the Lord. And he took back. He took back. I said he took back what the devil had taken from him. And I don't know why in the world you're satisfied with letting things go that don't belong to the enemy. Some of you guys have given up on your family. Some of you guys have given up on everything that the Lord has promised you because, one, we've let it go and we've just let them have it. And you, you won't get past what has happened. You won't go beyond the press. And you won't, you won't go in and, and, and take back. Listen, you ain't going to go in on your own and take back. But if you'll encourage yourself in the Lord, you can take back what the enemy stole from you. Amen? Amen. Lord, I don't even know if I can sing that song this morning. My throat's about shot. But I want you guys to continue to, 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 to just take what you got this morning. If you go out to eat, 
it's all right to shout at your table, I guess. They think we're crazy anyway, so it don't matter. But I want you to be a blessing to somebody today. I encourage you strongly. Please be back tonight at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, if you're watching, we have service on Sunday nights. We always have. We always will. And uh, come back tonight uh, and, and, and be blessed. But we'll see you guys this afternoon. And I uh, hope you have a good afternoon.